I got hairy legs that turn that 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 that, that turn uh, um, blonde in the sun. And the kids used to come up and reach in the pool and rub my leg down so it was straight and then watch the hair come back up again. They'd look at it. So I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. And I've loved kids jumping on my lap. What is your major malfunction, num nuts? What must be what? What must be what? What must be what? You have smoked yourself retarded. Hear the chants from the, the crowd. Let's go, Brandon. Brandon. So just chill out. Drink a 7-Up. Eat a moon pie. Quit murdering people. Doesn't anyone notice this? I feel like I'm taking crazy pills. Are you pondering what I'm pondering? Hit the lights. It's boner time. Ready or not, here I come. You can't hide. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but I'm going to kick you repeatedly in the balls. <laughs> the fuck is with this guy? Who is he? And welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. We have a, a newcomer to the group and a lot of repeat offenders. My partner in crime, Ryan Dean. How you doing, Ryan? Doing good. Excited here. We have Joe and Jen from Legit Bat. How's it going, guys? Going on, brother. Good. And our first timer, Mr. Ben from Legit Bat. Ben, how's it going, man? This is the first time. Yeah, we're, we'll take it gentle on you, though. Go easy. It's your first right. time on the Monday Night Circle Jerk, but not the first time with Matt. No, oh, I not, was going to say, it's no. definitely not my first time in a Circle Jerk. Well, yeah, <laughs> and not our first time, Ben. Good, good. <laughs> and Ron from Wicked Planet. How we doing, Ron? Good, Matt. Now that I'm finally in. <laughs> hey, that's my oh. fault. And Zoom. And yeah, no they Zoom. Make it so hard to get these things going these days i, I don't know ron are you I've gonna never... start off with that negative energy <laughs> no i was just saying i've never ever had a presume and tonight i've been like trying to get signed into this meeting but i'm glad to be there <laughs> what kind of popsicle is that it looks like a hagen does uh, one of the kids i stole oh fair all right that's the best part gonna about ask what kids. shoving down your neck <laughs> <laughs> Ron's all over there. He's all routine. Very nice. Trying to stay awake. Well, if we're going to so talk anyway. about shoving things down people's throats, I've, I just came across this thing uh, called Dancing Bear today. I don't know if you guys have heard oh of this. Oh my god! Yes. Oh boy, what do we got now, Ryan? Is that another baby shark. No, I like how Ben knows what Dancing Bear is, dude. Ben, why don't it's been you explain it? It's been around for actually quite a while. I know, but it, since you're the only other one that knows, dude, explain it. That's so funny that you <laughs> Yeah, explain it. Okay, so it does kind of depend on what you saw. So there's the dancing bear thing started the with these with the costume, but it, hold on a second. There are two avenues we're going to go with this here. Okay. Um the YouTube one was this dance that people did in a garage 
And the whole idea was you are really trying to watch where this basketball is going throughout the dancers. And at the end of the video, it says, did you see the dancing bear? And no shit, you can rewind it. And right in the middle of these dancers, a fully costumed dancing bear goes in between the dancers and you don't see it. It's the trippiest fucking thing. Now, the other side of that is what you're talking about. It's in porn. Yes, uh, that's the, one the, I'm da- about. <laughs> the dancing bear. The dancing bear is basically this dude that dances up in a full bear costume, but he usually has a pouch to pull out his dinger. And uh, it, he goes to like things like uh, bachelorette parties and whatnot. And he dances and then he pulls off the bear costume and usually either has like a banana hammock or something like that on. Usually, you know, uh, what is it? Uh, dick rings and shit. And then uh, he tries to get people or other people or has other dancers to do an orgy. The, the one I saw place. <laughs> <laughs> the one I saw, he was wearing no banana hammock and it was at bachelorette <laughs> parties and he had these these chicks at the bachelorette parties like all blow him. It was crazy. Yeah. Does he have like a giant bear head on like a bear, like one of those mascot costumes? Yeah. And it's like a ripped oh like, my God, dude, it was so funny. It, it, so the well, weirdest part is that his little pouch thing is like it, it's like an adult Teletubby. Like it yeah. fucking like it just flips out and then his dinger and then he gets blown through the costume. It's fucking it's wild. Sometimes wild it's, it's funny. You guys I guess I'm that. out of the loop on this one. Well, Ron, check this. Back probably in better. My old, my old town in Connecticut, there was like a scandal, probably, I don't know, probably five to ten years ago. A bunch of the town officials got busted for being furries. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. No are, shit. Are the people who dress up in, and one of them was a fox. So right around <laughs> that time that What Would a Fox Say song came out. Right. And they made all sorts of, like, political videos and shit. And, oh, it was hilarious. But, yeah, like... A handful of people on the uh, on the town council or something to do with the town politics got busted for being furries. And they all wear like those outfits where like it has the, you know, droppable poop shoot. So, you know, quick and easy access. <laughs> easy access. Yeah. So when you yeah. say they got busted, they just got outed because that's not like a crime. They just not got yet. called out. Well, there was more I mean, to it. it? it was they were like, also yeah. Jewish. There was, <laughs> that, there was like there were some compromising photos, to say the least. You know, right. the fox, blackmail coercion, all that. Yeah, like the fox was leaning over, and the rabbit had a, his hands on his shoulders, kind of thing. Like, yeah, the fox was leaning over. He was blowing Mister Rabbit. <laughs> yeah. They're not allowed to do that. Normal yeah, furry. It was. It was. I guess wild... I don't. I guess I don't know what furries are either. I guess so I'm fr- just too old. Have you seen The Shining, Ron? Oh, yeah. So do you remember the scene where the two this is the worst way to explain it. But do you remember <laughs> the scene where the kids walk in through the hallway and he looks in and he sees the two grown men in like animal costumes? One's blowing the other one. They don't show the, the sex part. Huh? <laughs> Again, bad way to explain it. But it's just when a bunch of adults dress up in like furry costumes like dogs it's foxes yeah but it, it's a, it's a little bit it's a little bit deeper than that psychologically it's the idea of actual dom and sub oh sure kind of thing but it's the idea that they feel more human or shall i say more of themselves when they're in full costume uh which means that their counterpart who is typically not in costume and takes care of them <laughs> is usually also into bestiality I feel like that's something that, that. Yeah, that's something that someone would say 
that's part of the group. Are you a furry? And I was just like, gonna say you know a lot about this, Ben. <laughs> you know I know a lot of. So about here's here's the name drop that I really don't. That's fine, David. That I used to work with at Top Hat. He showed me literally from the beginning part of that YouTube dancing bear shit all the way through what we just talked about furries. Thank him for showing me that entire fucking thing. I'll stop by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I, guess I, I, guess I have some me. research to do because sounds, sounds I'm interesting, right, Ron? Totally out of the loop. Yeah, these are the important things. Hey, <clears throat> on another note, we'll go. We'll go totally 180. Ryan, I got bad news for you. What? One of your boys in the uh, of the Island Boys uh, sold his soul. Oh, dude, are you serious? Yeah, Which one? He, he came out with a video uh, about a week ago saying that uh he sold his soul it's real and that they uh, wanted him to uh you know sacrifice someone that he loves and he said he wouldn't do it he would do it would be himself so and and he said he did it like a week or two before the video and he said ever since he did it he's felt like totally depressed like the life sucked out of him like it's some it's some you know you, you joke about these guys but man it, you feel awful for the kid do you think it's real though it, you want to listen? Here, I'll play it for you. Let's check it out. Because, oh, I mean, hold dude, on, I'm hold, a... hold, hold on. Give us some context. Uh... So, you, you know, on, on uh, TikTok, there's those island boys, the two brothers uh, who are all Don't tell me with the crazy those dancing bear, but not the island boys. I have no idea because I've never been on TikTok. Well, yeah, me neither. It's on, it's on Instagram. It's like, uh, yeah, dude, he'll show you right now. You've all probably right. seen these okay. guys. Island Very boys. talented duo. Let's see where are we going here. Let's go quick time. All right, here we go. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Look at this guy. Okay. I sold my soul. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, ever since I sold my soul, I haven't been happy ever since. You know what I'm saying? Um. No, I actually don't know what you're saying. <laughs> Y'all ain't gotta believe me. And it was just, I, I like I'm not even capping. It's because listen, I had to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because like <laughs> I do it because I was trying to make it. Like you feel me? Like the fuck is coming out of his mouth? When I was th- like selling my soul. His grill. <laughs> his grill, yo. Yes. Like there was things that I could sacrifice about. Oh no, it's quiet. Sacrifice yeah, we can't, can't barely can't hear it. You sacrifice anybody, but, like. But I feel I like we're missing t- the best part. I can't understand. Uh, I feel. Him I feel like I'm done him. with this anyway. <laughs> I, I no, actually, I feel like you told us everything while paused. Just right, <laughs> I, fucking there. I knew dude. everything I needed to know just looking at him. That's some. So boogie. basically, what he said is is that they came to him and he he they to, they told Who? him he had to sell his soul. And what he said is that he wasn't going to give up anybody he loved. He was going to do it himself. And he did it. And now he regrets it. Who came? The demon. Baphomet. When the demon, he said, when in in that mumble in there, when the demon came, (laughs) I told him to take me. Giggity. He's just testing new material for a shitty rap song he's trying to write. Oh yeah, right. No, I, 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 it's all in good fun, but I, you know, it's one of those where that's what these guys are doing these days. You know, I know, uh, you know, people are yeah. mentioning that happens with like Nas and all these other people that you know magically they 
they go broke and then all of a sudden they're billionaires again. So, hmm. well, yeah, I mean, the, the Eagles wrote about that a long time ago. Um, yeah. And it's not like it's been super unpopular since before that people have been biting their uh, fame and success with contracts for a long time. Uh, Joe Rogan did it. He largest podcast sale in history of podcasts and everybody that loved his show when it started are all kind of waiting for them to cash in on uh, their part of the deal uh, for his programming. Do you think they, the, these guys make this much money though? I always wondered that about like athletes and you know, when you see these hundred million dollar deals and multi hundred million dollar deals, you know, or movie deals that some of these, you know, movie stars sign, I always wondered about the money that they're saying they're making, you know, from, from movie side, even the box office draw. Like I, you know, I, now that we're in where we're in, I question everything obviously. And that's one where it's always seemed like that could be such an easy way to launder money, you know, through sports, through entertainment, through art, things like that, that, you know, and you never hear it though, but you hear about how much money these athletes make, you know, and they always tell you what their contract is, you know, like it's really the only place where they put it out there. What's that, Joe? Oh, I said it's probably just as manipulated as everything else. We were just talking the other day about the Google search, how it says, you know, 1.3 billion results and you get to page 43 and it's just the end of it. It's like, where'd all the rest of, where'd the other, most of them go? Or you get that four. You mean the other ninety nine point nine 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 percent of them that you uh, didn't yeah, see? Yeah. Well, I think with most of those contracts, the reason why they are capable of keeping these people is because, for instance, let's say you all it says is Joe Rogan got a hundred million dollar contract with Spotify, which is what the headline read. More than likely, that contract is 10, 15, 20 years. More than likely the biggest payment of that is going to be when he completes his contract. And if he wants to make the rest of that contract money, he should probably stick with the contract. Same thing with sports and movies. Like I think the majority of their pay is based off of royalties, the elongated purchase stream, all of that stuff that they're going to get from that movie. And they probably get this much and then they get paid out the rest of what their upfront is later on. Uh, that's what keeps them in contract is they're like, well, fuck, I already did all the work. Might as well stick it out to get paid. And then, you know, oh, what's another one? Is yeah, that well, look at this, look at this angle, much. Ben. Oh, I'm sorry, Joe. Oh, but, no, go for it. But if you look at like, like these Island boys who, you know, whatever, I think they're a couple of idiots personally. <laughs> and, uh, I just don't see how they would be a role model for anybody really. But I mean, I, I have Definitely, they have a lot of followers, right? But but let's just talk about a few things. Let's talk about Joe Rogan, which I show. He has, uh, I don't listen to it that often, but when he has an interesting guest on, I like to listen to it. Yeah, me too. And uh, oh, you, you, take, you take Joe Rogan, who started out a comic. Now, listen, I'm not be- beating up on the guy, but I've studied a lot of stand-up comics. Okay, he wasn't that funny. Yeah. No, he, he wasn't no. that good of a comic, right? And then and then he did uh Factor, right? Wh- right? which was a, a cool show. I, I liked Fear Factor. I think it was 
And uh, so we did well there. So we got a little bit more name recognition, right? A little bit of, uh, you know, more viewers or whatever. And then he started getting involved with the MMA fighting, you know, and getting into that realm. And and, oh, uh, the man show. I don't remember him on the man show. Yeah, him and Doug Stanhope. That was maybe a... maybe he did uh, bits, bits and bits and pieces on the the Man Show. Yeah, yeah but been, okay. Eddie so Bravo anyways, but yeah. So and then then he's you know goes from this MMA guy where he's interviewing people that all of a sudden he decides he's going to do his podcast, which I mean was always a pretty good show, and now all of a sudden Spotify says we want you exclusively on. Spotify. Spotify and we're going to pay you a hundred million dollars to do it. I mean, I mean, I just, to me, I mean, he got lucky, you know, I mean, I mean, he doesn't really do anything. And, and again, I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm just saying he doesn't really do anything different than any other podcaster. I mean, he's a good interviewer uh, and he has really cool guests on, Well, you know, that that's, you know, in the beginning, that was probably, you know, he's probably has people that lines his guests up for him, you know, and, and and now that he's hooked in with Spotify, which is huge, you know. Well, I'm- I think, Ron, I think one of the things that drew people into him and was because. Like, oh shit! He's still talking. On Moscow, oh, he's lagging. Okay. Yeah, you're you're laggy, dude. A little bit. Yeah, we go. I think one of the things that really drew people in, obviously, in this community, it's not that uncommon. As a matter of fact, I'd say that in this community, the open-minded middle of the road is kind of par for the course with the people that we all have on the people that we all talk to. Uh, but Joe, when Joe Rogan's podcast first started, that was uh, not only with the exposure, but the level of uh, guests that he had on and the connections that he had on, it was, he was one of those, in my opinion, one of the first podcasters you could listen to, and you never really knew exactly where he stood on some things until he said, this is where I stand on it. He was very good about having extremes from both sides of the aisles all come on. He didn't cater to one specific line that he rode. And I think that that is ultimately what got him as big as he was, because it's really hard to not have a slant. And that's what everybody was worried about when he signed with Spotify was that Joe Rogan was also always known for having everybody. You got to hear, you know, a two, three hour conversation with maybe one of your favorite celebrities or sports, you know, this, that and the other. And he was always fairly middle of the road. He entertained everything. Um, And now that he has been purchased, he's been bought. That's kind of where everybody's wondering is how much is he going to be able to continue that middle slant without really throwing in maybe some things that he's handed that they want him to say he's been pissing people off still i mean with the ivermectin thing and the uh that's good oh, yeah. Things, well, yeah. Like, one of his episodes and I, I i think you're right i think that his content is going to stay the same for the most part but i think how they put it out will differ right they'll censor mm. some of it like you've seen them take down some of his old episodes mm. that you can't yeah. get anymore and things like that so i think that's more the angle they're going to take because honestly, I think if you try and silence that guy, he's just going to tell you, you know, go screw and Fuck do your money anyway. Yeah. Cause he, he, I mean, at this point he's a few years, he, he doesn't need that money. Like, right? I mean, no, he, so he could, he could back out of that and just tell him, you know, I'm doing my own thing enough of this shit. So yeah, I think that, and that's, well, an wasn't interesting- part of everything he was saying with that, 
Oh, I'm sorry, Matt. Go ahead, Ron. I did. I wonder if my inter- internet connection is messing. This time of night, sometimes it messes up for whatever reason, but I pay the big bucks, so it shouldn't do that. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, so didn't Joe Rogan say that he had complete control of his content and that was in his contract where Spotify couldn't tell him what he was going to talk about, who he was going to talk about? Because like Joe says, he is like saying things to make other people upset and, uh, and we're not seeing any backlash from Spotify. Although I do remember about six months ago, there was a little controversy he had with his show uh, where there was some talk that they were going to kind of shut him down as far as what he was able to talk about. And I'm sure it was COVID related, you know, and in this whole thing with uh, about the COVID and then how all the news agencies, you know, kind of, kind of uh, took his photos and things like that and doctored them up to make it look like, Oh, he's just another horse paste, you know? So, so, I mean, so, so he said a few people, but I mean, you got to admit, he's got some cool guests on, but yeah. I, mean, I guess if we were at the if we were at the level of, of of where he is, well, we'd be able to just you know call Ian and have him come on, or so my main uh, thing Jeremy is Corbin that he... and uh, Bob oh, Lazar and guys like that. You know? <laughs> so laggy. It, my main thing with him is if uh, he's allowed to say some of the things he says, and he has that far of a reach, and he's paid that much money. He's basically mainstream media at this point. He's almost more mainstream yeah. than CNN. He probably blows their numbers yeah. out of the water. So the fact that he's allowed to say these things and make that much money and have that far of a reach, what do we usually call that? Controlled opposition. And I hate to say that, but that's kind of what it smells like to me. I think he, you know, he really crossed the line when he said he could suck his own dick. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that when he said that? They tried to make a photo on Saturday Night Live about it, and it just bombed. It was pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, because that really everybody. That's because everybody watching it was like, "Bro, he probably fucking can." Oh, well, he yeah, he's can. flexible. He says, "Yeah." So I mean, now uh, that guy's built like a brick house, though, dude. The older he gets, like the more in shape he gets. It's fucking crazy. I think he's super short too. But uh, there's a uh, there was something that I saw. Shit, what was it? I just oh, he's got nine point five million uh, minimum as a as an audience. So I mean, yeah, you're right. He doesn't like CNN doesn't have that, and that's just on one platform. I think YouTube. He's got more subscribers, or no, he's not on YouTube anymore, huh? No, he's just so, on like per episode, like per yeah, episode, that much. God, yeah, damn. that's yeah, why he gets so much money for his advertisers. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah so I guess he's yeah, exclusively he's exclusively on. Spotify. Yeah. Yes. He's on anywhere but Spotify now. Yeah. Yeah, you can find like clips on YouTube. I was just yeah. about to say that you can find like the video clips to his podcast that come out. That way he pulls in more people to Spotify. It's a win-win for both. It's a win for the Joe Rogan experience and it's a win for Spotify if they put a free clip out on YouTube because then you're like, "Oh fuck, he had him on. Now I got to go to Spotify and listen." And people do that. Well, and I'm sure Google owns some stake in Spotify, too. You know what I mean? Sure. <laughs> they they all got their dicks all in each other's ass. And that way, when one of them comes, they all kind of get some stuff. Yeah. When, when well, you around. know, Spotify, we, we all deal with Spotify if we're using Anchor because Anchor is owned by Spotify, right? Yep. So, no, so we're all part of the Spotify thing as well. You know, even if we don't have ads on our on our shows, Spotify is still making money off of us. Yep. But because of the people that subscribe to it. 
you know, even though we're not getting that, even though, you know, right. they say, well, you can have some ads and you can make some money. They send me emails like every week. Oh, you know, your podcast is, you know, has potential. You should have ads on it and you could be making this much revenue and this and that. And I, I'm just not at the point where I want to have ads yet. I'm just, yeah, it's not worth it. For I, like I, know, I don't like, cents, I don't like commercials know. on TV. I don't, <laughs> I don't like commercials on the radio. I don't like commercials. That's, so I, I think that would be kind of hypocritical if I wouldn't have hip, uh, commercials on my podcast. That I feel like that's actually how you end up making more money is because let, let's say any one of our podcasts, maybe not Ryan, he's moved up in the world, but uh, no, no, I'm joking. I'm joking. You haven't. Um, no, so no. I mean, he's got I, sponsors. He's got, I know. He's got I, sponsors, I'm joking. So I was going to say like, for most of the, most of the people that they, they want to listen to free podcasts and they want to hear normal people at a normal level, talk about normal shit, but it's, stuff that they don't give themselves the platform for because that's why we're all here right we all wanted to have a platform to talk about this shit and maybe if somebody along the way wanted to listen to it and they found it useful or helpful or entertaining or whatever they have that from us because they aren't doing that for themselves or maybe they don't feel like they can or whatever i feel like denying uh ads and things like that too early actually really helps because then more people go, hey, you know, I don't necessarily like all their content, but I can listen to a whole episode with no interruptions. Boom, right there. You have somebody listening to your podcast. Later on, when that blows through the seventh level and you're amassing people and you're going viral and all that, it's like, okay, great. Now you can do ads because now it doesn't matter if a few people fall off here and there. But when you're small, I think that saturating your shit with ads, all I don't care how good your content is. If you have this many viewers and this many ads, you're not going to get any more viewers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Perfect. and I, I've always been hesitant to ads too, because then you're, you know, unless it's the right company or person, obviously, because then you're almost indebted to them and you have to be careful what you say and things, you know, it's just it. It opens a whole can of worms, you know, if it's not well, it's just like right. radio. Yeah, it's just like radio advertising, Matt. It's the same thing. Yep. Like, yeah. oh, you you said this on you said this on your show or or you talked against, you know, say the COVID narrative or whatever. Uh, we're going to drop our sponsorship. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's as simple as that. I mean, so if we don't have any, I mean, it would be nice to, you know, make something from doing this. I mean, I know that we, you know, everybody here has spent money doing this. Like this cost us money out of our pocket yeah. to do this. And I mean, and, and that just shows, I mean, our passion for doing it. Right. But I mean, at some point, I mean, I mean, well, I mean, some of you guys, you know, you have uh, like Joe and Jen and Ben and Ryan, you, I mean, you got your, you got your uh, Patreons, you know, which, which, I mean, unless you've got, um, you know, 10,000 Patreon uh, subscribers, well, you, I mean, you might be making some to, you know, maybe help out with your internet bell, your internet bell or whatever. But, but, you know, I mean, unless you have like lots and lots of listeners and you're averaging, you know, 10,000 downloads, you know, per, per episode or whatever. But like what Ben said, if you've got, you know, anywhere from, you know, 400 to 600 or a thousand downloads per show and you lose a hundred of those because they don't want to hear ads. Well, that's, that's a lot. Yeah. It's 10%. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I mean, if you're doing 10,000 downloads per show and you lose a hundred people, that still sucks, but you know, but you can deal with that. Yep. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is that you once know, you break. You can just... Oh God. Go ahead. Go. Oh, go ahead. Um, <laughs> I, uh, 
<laughs> I was saying once you, so if you have ads and people start losing, you can just say, hey, if you don't want to listen to these, you can pay an extra two bucks or whatever. And then you can keep those people and make money and make money off the ad at the same time. Boom. Yeah, that yeah, that's I'll true. That's, yeah, yeah. But yeah. that, again, that option to just be able to go ad free versus the people that are giving you the ads to pay you money to run their shit you also still have to be at a certain level for that. That's where that's what I'm talking about, where it's like when you're non-viral, everything is by word of mouth. I just looked at our page. I just looked at our page on Rockfin to see how many followers we had. I know Joe has uh, sent me a few screenshots of our total listens finally and things of that nature, just little like milestones and shit. And it's it's awesome. I would never I would never say anything otherwise. But there is a level. It's it's that thing where all of a sudden, for whatever reason, that one clip that you said or uh, that one episode you made suddenly latched on. People started sharing it. You go viral. And the next thing you know is you can't stop the amount of people following you where it's to one of those things where like, yeah, you said something in the ad. People were like, hey, you can't say that. We're going to pull our ad. It's like, okay. Well, how much are they paying me? Are they paying me like $5 an episode to run their ad? Go ahead and kick rocks because I don't know if you guys noticed, but you guys are the ones that's going to lose out on that. I can't stop the people from following me. I just went viral. And at that point, now you can go shopping for because they're going to be asking you. You're going to get at people after people asking you to run that's their like shit. The, that's, but that's like the fairy tale of podcasting, though, Ben. Oh, absolutely. Like, <laughs> that's why <laughs> so, I'm saying oh, that, don't run like ads. the golden ticket, you know? A lot of the companies, too, though, are way more chill than you'd think they are. Like, I compare Manscaped to the Third Reich. And, like, Manscaped's a great company. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're dope. Like, I say so much. I make fun of gay people in the Manscaped ads. I talked about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. And manscaped at like you know i just like you sung an so, island so, boy song com- yeah dude island boy <laughs> ryland boy oh my god um yeah dude it's it's uh it's interesting then there's another one like sheath underwear there's some companies that are very chill about what you talk about whoa um, you need to explain that last one sheath underwear dude sheath underwear is pretty dope they have it's underwear with a little pouch for are your you wearing some right now on. what you're wearing some right now aren't you no 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 i'm not i'm not sponsored by them but it's just funny because the owner. Damn it! Cool. I was gonna have you whip it out. I know. I would show you the pouch and everything. But no, yeah, it's just I cool. see how they, they work. Hey, they this, say this that is uh, a trunk-free show, guys. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No, it's. Uh, I've heard like that. They the podcast that I listen to that has a sheath ad. They say how the owner was a uh, uh, ex guard at Abu Ghraib, like that torture prison, and I oh, fucking my God. you know what I mean. So it's just it's that's just so like, fucked up. <laughs> I know. Just some of them are real cool, man. So I think that uh, it depends because I do enjoy funny ads. You know what I mean? Like yeah, I yeah, yeah. I think well, those you know, sell better anyway. Yeah. Well, you know, the other thing is too, Brian, is like where you do the ad yourself. I mean, I actually, I actually think that that is a lot better, like a better case yes. scenario to where you're doing the ad. Oh, hey, like when you used to do uh, Jade uh, CBD and uh, uh, what was the other one? Oh, the Dapper Dudes. Ones. Dapper Dudes. Yeah. So, so when you did that or like when you do your Manscaped ones, which are, which are freaking comical. Thank uh, you. Again, I listened to your, uh, your, uh, the show that I was going to do with you. But I had to dive out there, uh, the Himmler show, which, you know, Ryan, uh, we can revisit that and get a little deeper into that sometime if you want. Himmler but, is interesting. Uh, I'd like to talk but, about stuff yeah. like that other than yeah, just podcasting but, after we're done here. Yeah, but your but your ad, your ad for Manscaped or it's how like uh, 
Tripoli will do it. And I mean, I no offense to Sam, but I think his ads are a little obsess, uh, excessive. Just, just, <laughs> in, just in my view, I, I fast forward through them. Oh, know, they're long. They go, they go for four or five minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But, two, uh, two, but anyways, two to two and a half minutes each. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it, it is what it is. I mean, well, that also might be his requirement. Yeah. No, that's it's part of it. Well, no, deal. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Oh, okay. I get that. But, but, you doesn't know, mean you have to I listen mean, to it. <laughs> Well, that's yeah. it. I fast forward them. Especially when I he tries to say the word right lozenges. That's why you yeah. got to compare the company that's paying you money to the Nazis. That's what works. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, and uh, I've seen a, I've seen a lot of people do that, too. One of my favorite guys that I watch on on uh, Facebook, because I'll just randomly late at night scroll through the Facebook videos for me that they suggest, which is a terrible thing to do, but I do it. And uh, one of my favorites is Angry Cops. It's the Angry Drill Sergeant. He's yes. fucking phenomenal and he does he does the manscaping brand and uh he has the funniest fucking ways of of promoting whatever it is that he has been asked to plug manscaping has been his last thing and he always tells a story about something that happened in boot camp and then it has to do with shaving and it's a funny story and then he goes right into but that won't ever happen you know and then he pulls out the manscaping thing and he'll usually throw in some bad words and some really inappropriate humor and it's like see that actually made me want to buy it because it's it was funny it was it it, it wasn't like a it's natural this, yeah it was exactly it, it, there wasn't like some you know dumb perfectly chiseled fucking dude that close up you see him fucking shave his face like you know, no, the, it's just the, it's just funny. You don't have the black mom with the white dad and the Asian kid. You know, <laughs> yeah. Every box, you know, <laughs> the Asian kid that could also be a girl, but yeah. Yeah. the non-binary parents. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Yeah, Ryan, Ryan, I know you wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the the uh, the Germans. And I, I, I since we got Ron here, I think that's a great idea because one of your yeah, recent episodes was awesome. Dudes, the Germans. They're yeah. crazy. And, and I mean, Zuck. the thing about that is, is it's so crazy because a lot of people don't pay attention to it and they just kind of overlook it like, oh, that was the end of World War Two. And then America took off from there. When in reality, when you look at it, well, yeah, World War Two ended, but we kept it going on our end, you know, and you shouldn't mean we took advantage of it. Operation well, we, Paperclip was like, how can we turn this for we us? Escalated it. Yeah, we took it and then we, we ramped it up even a little bit more by, you know, because we had the more resources at the time. But I, I'm and we had fascinated. more we had more funding than any anybody else. It, we were the island away from the war funding fucking everything. And as soon as the war was over and we took our little stake of the claim for it, we could cash in whatever the fuck we wanted in return. Well, yeah, but what my, I guess my point is, is that it infiltrated just about every facet of our society afterwards. Yeah, you know, and, and and that's what a lot of people miss is they just assume, you know, the Nazis are gone. They disappeared. They went, you know, went away. They all went to prison. And, you know, it, that's not the case. They came over here. And they have mm -hmm. shaped us into what we are today, you know, mm -hmm. and that that it's just amazing the influence that you see in that, you know, 1945 to 19, you know, early 60s where they build it up. And then in the 60s, it's almost like they unleash it right when you know you get woodstock you well, get all the music you get the cultural. I was just about to say that the woodstock thing. It's funny because right after World War II, almost every time that you look up something about a technological or a medical advancement post-World War II, 
a fucking German scientist is behind it almost every time. I was looking up Operation Bluebird, Artichoke, and MK Ultra, and following it down the different project lines the other day while I was taking a shit, because it's what I do. And uh, almost every single thing that they came up with with an experiment was a German scientist post-World War II. Fucking bananas. And, and Ron, like, wasn't that wasn't that because it was illegal here, you know, to do the things that the Germans were doing over there? Oh, you mean, was it illegal here? Uh, well, the Ger- the Germans, when the Nazis were in power, I mean, they didn't really have any laws, right? They There, there was no, no, no there, like a no yeah, no, I meant type of deal. Here, they the the you American scientists and and American community as as a whole had a different set of standards, right? right? I mean, and and even getting the Nazis into the country, they had to lie up, down, and sideways because if they really found out about it, the people would have never let it happen. Yeah, right? Operation Paperclip oh, yeah, no. would have never happened if that yeah. had gone public back then. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Annie Jacobson says that in her book. I mean, up down. I mean, they the tracks they laid and the cover ups that they had to pull even after these guys were outed was was just amazing yeah they gave they gave a lot of those germans new identities obviously uh and and then they would kind of kind of hide them in uh already uh german communities you know i mean every every big city has a german community right and they would just they would just hide them in there for a while until you know uh one by one you know any of them that were involved in any of the death camps of course they got hunted down uh, you know, you know, even though our government tried to protect them as much as possible, but you know, for whatever reason, I'm not sure. Obviously, we wanted the scientists and the people with the brains. I mean, look at where uh, von Braun was a big one, and then you have the people involved in the uh, atomic, the atomic program. You know, you know, we said NASA, the Germans lost. World War II. Yeah, the Germans lost World War II. The Nazis did not, and that was leads ah. to my theory that we're living in the Fourth Reich. Yep. Right. And and I and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of evidence out there to back that up for sure. Fourth uh, you know what I think? It, and I think what it was, was after the war, you know, they figured, well, we're going to give it 20, 30, maybe 40 years to, you know, for because Americans forget things. We forget things real easily. Like. Like people forget shit that happened 10 years ago. So, you know, let it go 20, 30, 40 years. Nobody's going to remember. Then, boom. You know, oh, we're the big melting pot. There's, there's no problem with Germans being here. You know, I mean, look at all the German cars we buy and all the German technology we use and all the, you know, in, in my field, like like all the best auto body tools and spray guns, they're all from Germany. <laughs> you know, they just make the best stuff. We work on a lot of German cars at my shop, you know, Audis especially. So, which was, you know, that was, Audi was big during war. That was actually, Erwin Rommel's staff car was an Audi. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, yeah, so so... It, it, but but they failed to like recognize all the American companies that did the business with the Nazis, like even when it was against mm-hmm. the law, it was against federal law to 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 do business with with your enemy. But Henry Ford didn't have a problem doing it. Prescott Bush didn't have a problem doing it. Rockefeller, you know, all, yeah, Rockefeller, same IBM. thing. Yeah, same thing. <laughs> yeah, IBM, the punch card system is what they used to keep track of all the uh, all the inmates in the concentration camps. You know, so so Germans used our technology, you know, took our technology, made it a little better. And then, of course, they had all their own technology that we took. So, you know, but it was after World War Two. I mean, what did you really expect us to do? Let the Russians get all those brainiacs? Well, and they almost did. They got that was the whole thing is after the Nuremberg trial, I think what only 17 total top officials were actually what got hung out to be the example 
for the thousands of people that were committing war crimes. And after oh, yeah, no, that, was, yeah. after, after that, they, that was exactly what happened was we almost immediately entered into a cold war status with Russia because they wanted half of basically everything that we were trying to take, I guess you could say it out of the spoils of uh, world war two. And they got actually a lot of the scientists as well, which catapulted oh, yeah. everybody into the space race. Yeah. Yeah. Two, two big mistakes there. Uh, Eisenhower's mistake was to not let Patton go into Berlin because Patton was ready to go to Berlin. The yep. second mistake he made was not letting Patton go all the way to Moscow. Cause he could have done that too, because at that point, the Russians, even though they defeated the Nazis on the Eastern front, they were, they were beat up no on the Eastern front coming through on Germany's Eastern front is when the Russia come in and got all the way to Berlin. Oh, right. When they countered. Yeah. yeah. And by the the time they got there, they were beat up, tattered, a lot of equipment, just blown right to just blown to smithereens. And Patton says, you know, it would be real easy just to keep going. Why are we letting them come into Berlin? We should be taking Berlin. We're the ones that did all the work. You know, which I don't agree with 100%. I think the Russians did a lot of work too. But I mean, we could have easily just kept rolling in because Patton, yeah, I'm a big fan of George Patton. But uh, he, he said, I, I, have, I would have no problem taking them on, like whatsoever. Keep me fueled, keep my guys fed, and we'll go all the way to Moscow. He did not trust the Russians. He told Eisenhower he didn't trust the Russians. And Eisenhower had huge disdain for General Patton because General Patton wouldn't shut his mouth. Because he was one of those guys, like the generals today, like when Washington tells them to do something, they're like, yeah, that's not right, but I'm going to do what I'm told. You know, Patton didn't do that. And Patton got into a lot of trouble and a lot of hot water. And if it wasn't for General Omar Bradley, uh, Patton probably would have been busted down to a buck private. But but he was a talented <laughs> guy, and, and and he was and he ran he ran that armored division like like no man could. Uh, and, and he wouldn't shut his mouth. And and this was after. You know, and this is why I feel after the war, he was assassinated. They all said it was a car accident, but he was assassinated. They knew they needed to get rid of patents so that they could that they could further, you know, whatever agenda, you know, with the Russians. I mean, and and they make they it could look wield like the, the military how they wanted. Yeah. And, and they make it look like uh, us and the Russians were these big enemies with this whole Cold War and everything. But, you know, when it come right down to it, we're probably just working with them right along. Absolutely. We're probably still working. We're probably still working with them now, as a matter of fact. You know what I mean? Well, they came to our aid in the Civil War, supposedly, right? I mean, they brought some ships over to the harbor to to help uh, out during Lincoln. the American Civil War. Yeah, yeah, that's that's you know, I know a lot about the Civil War, and I don't remember hearing anything about that, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. Yeah, there was some some talk out there that they came to help Lincoln. Uh, you know, to to oh again, the Russians, yeah. Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, yeah, to help them against you know because they they were against the central banks obviously and and they didn't mm-hmm. want America to fall into it and so they came supposedly and helped out Lincoln with some ships. I guess it was real late in the war, um, but yeah, that's there's there's so much. What do you believe when it comes to Russian history, right, or our relationship with Russia? I should say because you know they've always been the boogeyman, they've always been the bad guy when in reality a lot of the times we're working behind the scenes together with them, you know, but it's just this public persona that we have to have an enemy. So let's just pick someone, you know, I mean, communism, communism had to be the boogeyman. I mean, Russia, Russia was not at odds with the United States until after the Bolshevik uh, revolution. 
uh, when yeah. they when they when they got rid of the czar and killed all you know killed this whole family and and to, and there was even factions within the Bolsheviks. I mean, there was the White Army, there was the Red Army. You know, I've I've been studying a lot about Russian history because I want to know more about it because it's actually pretty fascinating. I'm actually reading a book right now called Bloodlines, which is a comparison between Joseph Stalin and Adolf Hitler, which shows Adolf Hitler was like a choir boy compared to Joseph Stalin. But but you know, but you you step back when you had Tsar Nicholas, you know, Tsar Nicholas, and then the the German like version of Tsar in the English royal family, th- these people were all related. If you see well, yeah, his wife, of, the Tsar's wife was German. Well, that no, the Tsar Nicholas had had two or three cousins. If you saw pictures of them together, they were almost all identical twins. And one ran Russia, one ran uh, you know the uh, German or Austrian, uh, would they call it uh, Austro Empire Aust- or whatever? Austro Hungary, Austro Hungarian Ottoman Empire. Yeah, and then and then uh, you know England too. You know because the House of Windsor, they're Germans. <laughs> You know, the House of Windsor, the royal family of England to this day, like they're German, like they had to change their name bloodlines to, to the house, to the to the House of Windsor. Can I, so so they're all related. They're all related. Can I tweak a little bit, though? Just just my my own thought on what you were saying about, you know, they, they've always been the boogeyman. I think part of that is our own government always making them out to be the boogeyman. And I'm not saying that I agree with communism. I don't at all. But I can say this. Um, they have something that we have at least not had in a very, very, very long time, and they never stop having it. And I think part of, in my opinion, I think part of why they've always been made out to be the boogeyman is because no matter how uh, bad their country has gotten, they've never really, they've never allowed anybody else to buy them in the way that America likes to buy things. Um Most of them over there have just, and you saw it all throughout the World War II history. They would, when men, women, and children would rather die than watch their country fall into somebody else's hands. And they are still exactly like that. They, they, they were like that in the three week visit that I went over there in the two tourist attraction towns, everybody that I met that was local and native they have this undying patriotism for their country and they'll say, no, it's not perfect. No, none of us like being a part of a communistic state, but it's our home and we are proud to be Russian and we will die fighting for it anywhere. And I'm like, you don't get, you don't get that kind of loyalty here in America at all. Well, not, and not I think anymore, well, not it, anymore, no, not anymore. Know. And well, that's I my think point. that, I think that's the case over there because they'll they'll kill your ass if you say that you hate Russia. I was just you know gonna I mean? say the same thing. I was like, it's the same yeah. in like North Korea. Like, yeah, they do. They force that loyalty, but they also love their home, like you're saying, Ben. But there is a part of them that's terrified of being murdered by their leaders and also still loving their home, and so they develop this ideology of like, okay, this is my home. I'm gonna die for it. But it's it's yeah. But a lot of that leader, uh, yeah. But a lot of that leader genocide shit doesn't. It's it's not the way that it happened when you're talking about people like Stalin and Lenin. It, it they're not they're not getting whacked if they if they say something against their government. They, think look look. Uh, you can look at uh, the annex of Ukraine from Russia successfully. You can look at the split between Czechoslovakia or uh, the Republic of the Czechs and, and Slovakia. All the satellite countries that said fuck you. We don't want to be a part of the USSR. They didn't get genocide. 
they all all they did was they separated themselves. They said, "Hey, we're claiming our own fucking flag," and it happened. Yeah, well, I, there's a reason for that too, Ben, and it was financial at the time because the Russians, the the Russian Empire couldn't afford to take care of all these satellites, and that's why they gave up on Cuba too, as well. Uh, and because and that was huge for them to give up on Cuba because Cuba was the only communist stronghold that they had that was 90 miles from the United States, yeah. or the only the only uh, communist stronghold they had uh, at that time in the Western Hemisphere. And so they gave that up in what the 70s. Sixties and seventies, eighties. I think. I think was it was the eighties, yeah, late seventies, eighties. Yeah, really? yeah. So, so I mean, you know, and that's just you know, it was all the financial thing where Russia said, you know what, we need to pool our financial uh, resources and keep them in Russia, uh, and, and and not only that, you know, there was a, and, and that was kind of the decline of the Warsaw Pact when uh, the Warsaw Pact involved all these satellites and when NATO, NATO, United Nations and the United States convinced these countries, listen, come to our side, uh, you know, leave the Warsaw Pact, come to NATO, we'll take care of you. And that's what we do. We send them so much money. I mean, it was probably mind boggling how much money we send those. Uh, and, and Russia just plain old didn't have the money to give to them, you know, but, but Russia has a lot of natural resources that I don't even think they've begun to exploit yet. And this is Probably and this not. is why Russia can always be like self-sustaining, right? I mean, they've they've got every kind of natural resource. They got a ton of oil and natural gas. I mean, they've got coal. They've got well, they're I still mean, the largest. It, they get, they're still the largest land land country, right? Uh, followed oh, yeah. pretty closely by China now. Yeah, no, Russia's Russia's actually a lot bigger than China. Is it? Yeah, I mean, there's there's parts of Russia that I mean, the people don't even I don't even know the people they don't look Russian, they don't speak Russian. You know, you get near China and and, and in Siberia and Eastern yeah. Russia, Eastern Russia, like uh, you know, over towards China and Japan and places like that. That's a whole different culture. You know, even though they're yeah. proud to be Russian, I I mean, we bought Alaska from Russia. I mean, so That's, so so and Ru- there's a shitload of Russians in Alaska. Oh yeah, I'm sure there is. You know, but but I mean, yeah, Russia's not the boogeyman, but you got to remember World War II, like communism was boogeyman for the Nazis as well, because they they fought hard to, to get rid of Bolshevism. And, that, and that's why the Nazi party became so strong is because all the people were so afraid that the Bolsheviks were going to come in because they just witnessed the Russian Revolution that started in, I think, 1919. They just all witnessed what was going on over there. And the German people are like, yeah, we don't want that here. So Hitler took that and ran with it. It's like, okay, well, vote me in. It'll, it'll be, I'll be a strong leader and we'll, we'll knock down any communist uh, takeover or anything like that. So, so not only were they the, the boogeyman to the United States, so they were the boogeyman to, Nazi, to the Nazis too, or to the German people. Now, you know, a lot of German people, even a lot of German soldiers were not members of the Nazi party. That was that was like a unique I've, that was like a unique. I've tried to explain thing. that so many times to people as I'm like, dude, people that were part of just the German army, they all they were doing was serving their country like anybody else who gets caught up in a fucking war that they don't want to be fighting. Yeah, like I don't think Erwin Rommel was a member of the Nazi party, if I'm not mistaken. A lot of top generals they would call uh Prussian, the Prussians uh, that weren't part of the Nazi party. And those were a lot of the ones that were involved in the uh, 
Stauffenberg, who was part of Operation Valkyrie. And, and he was a Prussian soldier. He came from a long aristocratic family of German, German army, uh, German military people. You know, same thing with Rao and things like that. And of course, they were all implicated in that, uh, in that assass- assassination attempt. But, but yeah, German people were not necessarily of the Nazi party. Big difference. Would it be like if something happened here and our president was a Democrat or Republican, and I'm just asking because I have no idea, and the military went in and invaded, it would be like saying, okay, those people are all Republicans. You know, would it be kind of like that? Like how saying everyone was a Nazi or wasn't a Nazi? Does that make sense? No. So the, so the Nazi party was its own. Well, well yeah, I guess, Jen, in a way. Uh, so the Nazi party was its own designation. It's, it's just like the Communist Party. Like there's a lot of people in Russia that weren't part of the Communist Party. But if you wanted to be part of the government or, or in the military, well, you had to be, you know, because the Communist Party had control over everything you were going to do. Well, the Nazi Party, to join the Nazi Party show, it was more of a show of uh, loyalty and support for your supreme leader, which was Adolf Hitler. So being part of the Nazi Party was a big like a big step, like, oh, man, if the Nazis win, well, we, we want to be part of that party. You know, I mean, a lot of the wealthy people, the business owners, of course, Nazism is um, is kind of like where the government runs the corporations. Unlike what we have in the United States, which is the corporatocracy, where the corporations run the government, it's just the opposite for the Nazis. The Nazis yeah, that's what ran- fascism is. Yeah. yeah, the Nazis, the Nazis run the corporations. Yeah. So so if you wanted to be a successful company and you wanted to have Nazi military contracts, uh, you had to be part of the Nazi, the Nazi party. Uh, perfect example, uh, Oscar Schindler, right? The man that saved all the Jews. He was a member of the Nazi party and he used that and he exploited that to drain the Nazis of much money as he possibly could to run these, run these factories that, that, that he was running. And he actually had a Jewish accountant and he said, listen, I don't want this company to make any money. I want this money to go to, to pay to, to save these people. But he did it under the guise of being a, a Nazi corporation owner and a member of the Nazi party. See, but being a member of the Nazi party put him in favor with the higher ups, which got him to military contracts. Well, yeah, you got Brown Brothers Harriman. You got all those crazy, like, there's weird, wild partnerships, you know what I mean, between the Nazis and the allies. And it's weird that it is kind of the Nazis. What was that show that you guys were mentioning, Joe? Um, Man in the High Castle. Castle. Yeah, and you said that Japan is kind of, or Italy's kicked out, right? It's basically Japan. Yeah. and Yeah, and I, I feel like that was always their plan. Like, Mussolini didn't seem like he was super down for all that stuff. And but like Hitler was so intimidating, I think. And they're like, dude, we have like meth and tanks over here. So just chill out <laughs> and, you know, we, we won't kill we you. We don't too. get along in the show. Spoiler alert. Like they do divide up the United States, but they're constantly on edge of who's going to kill who. Like Japan and Germany. Like, like they're today, waiting in real America. Fight each other. <laughs> yeah. They're just like peacefully living and existing in the country. But uh, constantly wondering, how do you join the Nazi party? Ron, tell me, like, how would you, how would one go about <laughs> joining? You do you like sell your soul or do you have to like go do like a communion or whatever? Like, what did you have to do? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know, really I know the that. absolute answer to that other than you pledged allegiance to the Nazi party and you became a member. Yeah, to Hitler. And I'm sure there was some type of monitor 
Terry Dowry, so to speak. You know, you mean you could probably buy into it, and I'm sure you were vetted too. Uh, and if and if you didn't pass whatever the vetting process there was, well, you probably went to the concentration. So could yeah, you get out they of had that th- uh, I don't really know. I don't really know. I think that would probably be a difficult thing because they would question why. Yeah, no like, one wanted no to. Are you no longer loyal to us? Yeah, are you no longer loyal to us? Because if you're not loyal to us, concentration camp, the little button, concentration camp. I right, might be like, you know like what joining I mean? a mob. Uh, like well, you're joining so, the mafia and saying you're trying to get out. Yeah. You know? It's exactly like that, actually, because for, for the SS, I know, uh, officers, they had to have pure German roots back to the 1700s. And then the lower ranked SS had to have pure German roots back to the 1900s. So like 1900. Uh, but think about that 1700s of pure German ancestry. And that's what got you in. So people felt proud as crazy as it sounds to be at those levels. And no one wanted to leave. Like, like you wanted to be in that out back then. I know there was no ancestry.com back to 17 IBM dude, IBM. No, I don't know. Honestly, no, they that bust out crazy. those old school books with just like family lineages in it. Yes. Sure. Space you back. Like, what was that it's movie? The, the Knight's it, Tale or whatever, know? where the oh. guy fudged it with Heath Ledger. Yeah. 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 R.I.P. I just watched that, actually. You know, towards uh, towards the end of World War Two, uh, there was actually whole Muslim SS divisions that yeah. were Muslim. Yeah. Well, didn't yeah, that, that, that obviously didn't have that pure German Aryan race going on. But in the beginning, you're right. The SS, uh, the SS had to. There was very strict requirements to be in the SS. Not only not only bloodline wise, but physical attributes as well. You had to be so tall. You know what I mean. You had to fit a certain mold to be in the SS, which was Hitler's private security forces. What the SS was, and it was a bad guys. And then you went even a step further, and then you had the Waffen SS, which was Adam the, Waffen, real, the real hardcore guys. The Adam Waffen yeah. supposedly here in, in uh, the U.S. too. Well, you also you, Nazis though. What is that? Heil Allah. The Adam Waffen. No, the Muslim Nazis. He was saying there was like a whole. Yeah, there yeah was, they... there was a whole division of Muslim Nazis. Muslim SS uh, soldiers. Well, and if, if well, because they had to have somebody to fight to fight in North Africa, right? There's also an entire four part or five part documentary called Einsatzgruppen on Netflix talking about specifically the SS death squads that they used, which are fucking bananas. And they, it, the thing I did like about that documentary is that they actually pulled real footage and it's uncensored and it's fucking hard to watch, but it is interesting. I liked that. Did I like it? Never to watch. I, did, I wouldn't say that I popped. I wouldn't say that I popped a boner during it. Okay, there were times, but uh, no, yeah, I did enjoy it because it was very uh, informational. A lot of people, and the thing again, the thing I liked is that it was actual video footage, and it was it you. It had been like I wouldn't say remastered, but had been upscaled to where it was actually high def, and some of it was like it. People talk about, and I know that like we've had, you know, with Corey um, and he has been able to explain how a lot of what we were told that the Nazis did weren't necessarily or were completely just not true. Um, Is he the Holocaust denier guy? No, no, he's not a Holocaust denier at all. You had a Holocaust denier on your show. 
Corey has never said that the Holocaust didn't happen. No, no, I'm not talking about Corey, obviously. I'm no, just, was, I, I was wondering had, if it was Corey, but a while back, you guys had a Holocaust denier on the show. No, it was. It's not a denial thing. He was debunking certain aspects of the yeah. Holocaust that clearly didn't make sense. It was definitely Corey, though. Yeah, sure. I called it debunking the Holocaust. It's not a denial thing. He just okay, has maybe very that's what it was. Specific points yeah. on there. Okay, because uh, you know, I, I listened to a little bit of that. You know, I have a problem, and I'm not saying he was denying it, and uh, but but I have a little bit of a problem uh, with anybody. Not saying this is Corey, but anybody that denies that the Holocaust happened, and I know. Oh, that there is a lot of people out there that that are trying to push. Oh, that's all lies. The Holocaust never happened. It never killed all them Jews. OK, so let me tell you a little story. My mom's uncle, my great uncle uh, was left for dead in the Battle of the Bulge. All my mom's uncles were in World War Two at the same time. He was left for dead at the Battle of the Bulge. He come to covered in snow, come out of his foxhole and everybody was gone. He actually trekked through the snow in the woods until he was able to meet up with another uh, group of Americans. And he got uh, you know, reassigned to them. And he was with some of the people that were the first ones to come across the concentration camps. And he saw it firsthand and he actually wrote home about it. And I have those letters. My mom transcribed Ooh. all the letters from all of her uncles that sent home uh, when my great uncle Charlie's wife sold the family farm, which is to this day, a huge problem for all the proctors because you, you, you're not allowed to sell property. You're not allowed to sell proctor property. We'll get into it in another time. But anyways, they owned that whole mountain that they ended up getting after the reparations for being hung in the Salem witch trials. And anyways, it was like hundreds and hundreds of acres. Anyways, when she sold the family farm, they were cleaning it out. And up in the attic, they found an old chest. Inside this chest were all the letters that all the boys had wrote home to their mom, which was my mom's grandma. Wow. And my mother took them all, you know, and transcribed them all. And she has nice. them in a book. So, so I would like to do, uh, you know, a few shows about that. It was super interesting. I would but, love that. But but Calvin was his name. So our uncle Calvin was with a group when they came across some of some of the first concentration camps that they found. So I, I know that concentration camps existed. And I know that these yeah, people we weren't you know, were, we weren't super excited. Like we just it's like when the flat earth people come out. Like we just listen to whatever and we're like, okay, no, dude. It, like Jen. we just listened. It. We weren't like, oh yeah, it. that was totally but, fake. Yeah, but when you take somebody like myself, that's 58 years old, and I've been studying the Holocaust since fifth grade, sixth grade, and I've seen some pretty horrific stuff. And, and, and one of my goals is to get to the Holocaust Museum, because even though I know it would kill me to go there, I need to see that. And I always wanted to do a European tour, like the, like the, uh, yeah. the camp tour that they, they have. Yeah, I've done them online, and just to see the stuff online, like, like, like I'll switch, for instance, like we've restored a lot of them buildings, you know, so people can come in and see, you know, how these lived and like that it was horrific. So, so I have a hard time with anybody that is that fact that that happened because that that shit happened, and uh, and and it's pretty brutal. And, and, and I mean, 
And when you have your heritage in your blood too, it kind of makes you feel a little. And then when you know you're always working on German cars and you're around Germans, and you're thinking, and then you think to yourself, it's just like Japanese, like all the shit the Japanese pulled on us and all the shit the Germans pulled on us, and now we're all in bed with them with corporations and sellers and. Toyota is the biggest selling car in the United States. Yeah. And uh, it, it just goes on and on and on. And just nobody thinks about what happened in World War II. Toyotas are great vehicles. Like, like okay, they're, they're one of the best vehicles made. Yeah, they're solid. Uh, grant, granted, a lot of those are made in the United States now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, in the Tundra truck, I mean, we work on a ton of Tundras. Great truck. You know, that's the Toyota. But yeah, anyways, getting Dude, off topic. Was... But, but anyways, it's like the whole the whole Holocaust thing, Nazi thing is just it's mind boggling. You can learn and read and read and read about it. Uh oh, my freezing up. Yep. I was gonna say while I'm looking at this panel here, uh, Ben and Jen would definitely fit in with the Nazis. How you guys look? I think that all the rest of us we don't have the right features, right? Because you guys are both blonde. And I'm a lot of Dutch. I'm really, blonde really bright blue eyes. Hair. But I do have blue yeah, eyes. Yeah. Joe has blue eyes. Mm-hmm. But but he's got dark hair. His hair is too dark. He'd be he'd right. get watch man in the high castle. We, it's okay. Yeah. Actually, the main put Nazi in the shower. Is dark hair. Hitler <laughs> had fine. fucking hair. Hitler can fuck I, himself. Hitler and, I've been, and I've been called a Nazi at different times jokingly throughout my whole life. It's fine. Well, and you know, I mean, you should just take it as it comes. But you know, it is kind of interesting <laughs> to think about. Uh, I think that a lot of those things were planned, dude. I think a lot of them are planned out. And like when you're talking about the World War II, like these significant battles, they seem. And I mean, maybe I'm crazy. I believe that these are brave people, you know, coming out there and and they're fighting for what they believe in. But like Louis has that great joke where it's like, you know, these dudes think that they're fighting for their country and that's that's honorable. But that's not what these things are about, dude. Like, you know, 9-11, this war that we just got out of that, that that whole thing made no sense. Dude, Saudi Arabia attacks us and we go and fight Iraq and Afghanistan and all these other countries like nothing of that made sense. And then World War Two, it ends with us bombing Japan. I say us like I'm there. We're podcasting. We didn't do shit. But like. <laughs> Like they, you know, the U.S. was there and, and you know, bombs Japan to end this war where, where Germany is the primary threat. I understand that, like, you know, Hitler was supposed Japan to kill bomb us, though. Didn't Japan bomb Pearl Hawaii? Harbor? Yeah. But like, that's what I'm saying. Like all these false flags get us into these wars. Like f- they knew that that Pearl Harbor was going to happen. When I say they, I'm talking about like the federal government. There was like communications with all this stuff. And then you have like Operation Vigilant Guardian and all these things with 9-11. There was there was gross negligence when it came to Pearl Harbor because they didn't actually think that the Japanese would. They had all the signs. They had the warnings and all that. But they didn't think that they would actually have the fucking balls to do that. And which is why directly after that. As soon as they realized that they meant business, the intelligence came down and they were like, all right, we need to be decisive about this. And they went right around and ended up catching midway and then making their way to the other well, side. We haven't of it. been bombed since. So, I mean, I no, sure haven't. The worst choice. Uh, the Pentagon was bombed because the plane didn't fly into that shit. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, it did not. So, um, I have to get going, guys. Uh, I need to go take my gummies and be a loser and go to bed at like eight o'clock. So I will talk to all of you guys later. Matt, thank you so much for having me on, as well as my counterparts. 
Um, Ryan, it was really good to see you again, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Uh, yeah, good to see you, man. I would love to come back on DWP for another episode. It's been a while since we just had a legit uh, Dangerous World uh there's one the other night, man. You're more I know, than welcome. I couldn't make it. <laughs> yeah, you're more than welcome, dude. I've missed the last fucking three, dude. Like, ugh. One thing after another, I swear to God. Anyway, Ron, always a pleasure to see you, man. Yeah, um, too, and I will see all of you guys later. Uh, signing off. Have a good one, man. Uh, Take care, man. I was just going to say, too, Jeff from Shadow Band texted me and said to tell uh, Matt he he loves you. He, he said, don't, don't make him fight. He said to do it now. So I had to do it. <laughs> Cause he's going to uh, listen tomorrow. He'll be waiting. Love you, Jeff. Love you, Jeff. <laughs> yes, oh, he's great over there, man. I love that guy. Uh. Fun stuff, huh? Fun stuff. So what do you guys think <laughs> about this whole, I hate going there, but the whole Rittenhouse thing, you know, with how it, it went down and now the media circuit, the media tour that's going on and what's coming out. And it's like, I don't know. I just get bad vibes about the whole thing from top to bottom. Yeah, I think it's all theater. I think Ryan even brought up he thinks he's CIA trained or FBI trained yeah. or something. The way that dude handles a gun is not a 17 year old. I was pretty good with a gun at 17, but not that good. That's. I mean, that's some backwoods shit. Did you see how the media completely flipped sides, though, from when it happened to how their how the stories come out now, at least? So they were like, oh, Kyle Rittenhouse, he's so bad. He's this little Republican bullshit kid that attacked people. Then when the trial happened, they were covering people outside rioting against him. But the the way that the articles were written were against those protesters. It was kind of in support of Kyle Rittenhouse in a way. That's how they all don't want to get to get this. They're all going to get sued, Jen. Yeah, I just they're can't believe that that sued. happened. It was so cool. But whatever, there's they have all the power in the world. They could do what they want. And even, they the, yeah. didn't. Even the Young Turks, the chick from the Young Turks came out and admitted she was wrong. And everybody's wrong. You know, when everybody, they just sucked up, you know, who knows if it was legit or not. Personally, the people that he killed, they, they should have been dead anyway. Uh, I'm just not sympathetic to uh, woman beaters and pedophiles. I, I mean, even if they didn't attack me, you know, I was there and I could have got away with it. I probably would have plugged both of them. It's just for something to do. As a, as a bit. Uh, as just a how I am. I'm, I'm, I'm very, uh, well, I'm just, I'm, I'm very unsympathetic to people like that. I hear you. Yeah, no, and, we, are uh, we wanted him to you be. You see the videos, like, like they attacked, they him, attacked him. Yeah, they did. Well, and that's the thing. It's almost like they were there. Right, well, everybody's it was like a win-win for them, right? If if he was found guilty, you could no longer defend yourself if a mob was attacking you, right? I mean, that's basically the precedent they would set right there because he was being ambushed by multiple people and just simply defending himself and if if he was guilty, then forget it. When when can no. you defend yourself at that point? But if they lose, now they can they can still go play their cards and try and dumb it down, like Ron was saying, to cover their ass because they're going to get hammered. You know, Sam oh, yeah, got no. like a quarter billion from CNN. Who knows what this kid's going to get? I mean, yeah, yeah. because they, they were calling him a white supremacist and yes, they called know, him a racist and, and just lying. I mean, there's a great okay. Effort. I forgot what Matt. the guy's name is on Twitter, but he puts together clips and he put together all these clips of the mainstream media just blatantly lying about the kid. You know, all right. things that they that are just 
you know, flat out lies, you know, none of it. So we, we can break this down a little bit, Matt, because I had people get on my case about my post the other day when I posted that finally some common sense, he's been acquitted. Right. And, and I actually ended up blocking on all my social media, a friend of mine that I've had for 40 years and she can go fuck herself because, (laughs) because if she, if she really literally thinks the way that she's coming, you know, and whatever I would do a political post, she would always get, you know, always talk shit to me anyways. And it's like, okay, listen, I get it. You're a lefty. Uh, You're totally fine with being a commie, you know, whatever. Okay. You know me, I'm not that way. So don't even talk to me about it. But break down the seventeen-year-old kid that crossed, <laughs> crossed auto Remix it, Ron. Back that ass up, Ron. <laughs> oh boy, this is oh, not man. working. Oh, that's insane. We lost them. <laughs> Ron man, is gone. You got two minutes. Man down. You traveled grandfather both well am i not here am i here oh it's catching up now you're back we yeah you were muffled the whole time you got too close to the truth with whatever was being said okay 20 minutes from there his dad and his grandparents live osha a 17 year old (laughs) can own an ar-15 in wisconsin and he was attacked by all those people and when that guy ever said the lawyer now not only after gun at him did he shoot you is that correct that's correct. I'll tell you what. If somebody's that's what better, that's I'm what armed, I'm armed. Yeah, yeah. No, I couldn't hear you. You're going down, buddy. <laughs> oh man, and so this is great. Well, yeah, and, and that's the thing, Ron. It, it's like there's so many, and even you know they were saying that they killed black people, which obviously none of them were. Black. Okay, he's a white supremacist. He killed all white people. Yeah. What yeah. part of that makes him a white To be clear, they, if they were only listening to audio, that Rosenbaum uh, ginger dude was using the N-word. So yeah. they probably thought that no one in a crowd of people would be using the N-word with impunity like that. So they probably thought that he was the guy with the AR. I'm saying, right. It was a BLM yeah. protest, yeah. right? So they're like, oh, he's a white supremacist who's carrying around. Yeah, and they made it sound like he's running around in the streets <laughs> just shooting protesters, you know. Well, my little, biggest you know, problem. And black people, yeah. Yeah. Matt, my, my biggest problem, dude, is that like some of like my favorite podcast, this dude's very well informed, uh, you know, extremely well informed, I consider him to be. And he keeps saying that this dude was was untrained. He's like, if you can give a kid that has no training a gun like that and he can do that and i'm like dude that dude trained he he, the words that he continues to use are if you can give a kid like that a gun that's not trained and he can do that kind of damage which it's two people i understand like that's that's two that's a lot it's two lives right but um he was trained dude like i don't care which one of us is the best at operating a gun or or like maneuvering with the gun none of us would be able to do that i'm confident because you know what I mean? Like uh, none of us have military experience. And even if we did like, that's like live action combat. Like that dude was doing role play with that shit, like moving target practice type stuff, whether it was with his friends, he was friends with the fire department and the police department. Right. Um, I mean, the dude was, was in deep with law enforcement. And I think that that's, that's good. I think that more kids should do that. You know, he was obviously doing things like cleaning up graffiti and all kinds of things like that. But Rosenbaum was just let out of a fucking mental asylum that day. Like the, the, the white kid that was using the N word, 
He was let out of a mental asylum with his bag of like, you know, when you go into a jail or an asylum like that, you have like your property. They put it in a bag. You get it when you're done. He left that day, went straight to the riot. Like, how did this dude know about this riot? What's that? How did he know about this riot? That's weird. He's in jail. That's the point. I mean, like it, it, it screams set up to me like and, you know, I, I don't like just sitting there being paranoid about all this stuff. Sometimes like, you know, like we were talking about, Joe, like when you you want to make sure that you're not like falling into your own like dogma when it comes to the conspiracy stuff. I know that that doesn't really you know, you don't want to sit there and and just be like, dude, Bill Gates is evil every day. You don't want to wake up thinking that our vaccines are bad. You got to try and take a step back, disprove yourself. And then if you continue to think that then then maybe you're right. You know what I mean? So yeah, I, I started thinking that I was like, dude, this this has to be a setup. I'm like, no, we, we can't be all paranoid. But every time I look into it more and more, it just looks like it was set up. Not only does, is uh, Ghislaine Maxwell's thing starting up, right? Like that whole thing's going on. I think I don't know what else is going on. I haven't been paying attention to that because it wasn't as fucking flashy as Kyle Rittenhouse's trial. You know what I mean? So, well, the Rittenhouse thing could have been a big distraction from the Maxwell case because we've seen nothing. We haven't even seen a mugshot for her yet. Like, like I mean, this is the biggest case. uh, You know, multi-billionaires, billionaires, pedophiles, tied in with the Clintons, tied in with all these upper echelon actors. Oh, they're all involved. Ain't hear anything about it. See about it. And this is why we're being suckered in and attention to this whole Rittenhouse narrative that's going on. Cause I don't want us to know about Jelaine Maxwell. And just like somebody else had said, like, like his, his, his trial, it was telecast live, live streamed, right? See Maxwell, what do we get? Courts, court sketch like days, like when the court that's going to the court and you draw the little pictures of the defendants and everything like yeah, that. And it looks like and a that's all we're getting from Maxwell. Too. Why isn't that being live streamed? <laughs> Because the shit's going to come out in that trial that they don't want the public to know about. Yep. They're probably doing demonology in there or some shit. There's probably some weird, crazy stuff going on. Well, she was dark, hiding dude. out in Ron's home state. He's not going to rat on anybody. Yeah. yeah I know, hiding I know in Ron's exactly backyard. Hiding out. Yeah, I know exactly where she was hiding. I hate to but. be pessimistic about it all, but I don't think anything's going to come of the Jizz Lane Maxwell case. Oh, I don't either, Joe. I don't either. Whether we hear about it or not, nothing's going to happen. She's probably in fucking Argentina or wherever the Nazis are right now. You know, she's she's wherever all these elites go when they say they die and they actually go and party and drink baby blood and do whatever. Hell, I don't think. Oh, you know, I I saw this crazy conspiracy theory the other. I was actually yesterday, and you guys are probably all familiar with this, and I think it's kind of a hack one at this point. But the idea that like neither one of them are real, like Jeffrey Epstein's never been a real person and fucking uh, Ghislaine's not real either. And that's why they started the whole phrase. Epstein didn't kill himself because there was no one to kill. It wasn't ever a person. Maybe like Epst- Jeffrey Epstein was like the code word for this money laundering thing like BCCI used to be that massive bank. And I just thought that was a fascinating idea. I don't think that I think it's very far fetched. It's It's up there with like the Twin Towers being holograms and shit like that. Like, I think it's fantastically impossible. Jeffrey Epstein was a real person. Yeah, to be honest, but I don't know anyone that knows him, so... I can't, right, I can't, I can't say he was real, but I, Ron, I mean, don't no, say I'm, you do. I'm with Ron. I, I think he's, you know, nah, he was I, a real person. So was it Maxwell? Maxwell is Mossad. Yeah. Her dad is Mossad. Robert Maxwell. He, yeah, he owned a magazine and all that stuff. But I mean, 
that's what I'm saying, man. Like, we don't really know. Like, it, it's so and that's what that's what this whole thing's about is like getting into these weird ideas. But I think that it's too perfect with all these people taking pictures with them. I mean, there's a lot of foresight there. Obviously, this dude's smart. I know there's like deep connections that a lot of people don't even know about, like William Barr, uh, his dad being the principal at Dalton, where Epstein got his start and all these things. But um, I I think it would be a fascinating. It would be a fucking dope movie. I'll tell you that right now. If like there was some dude to jerk off. How can a jerk off like Epstein get a job teaching when he doesn't even have credentials to be a teacher? Because I think that he bribed the, the principal at Dalton, who was William Barr's father. You know what I mean? And everyone was like on William Barr's dick. I listened to some fascinating information today um, where like General Flynn was the main funder of the cyber ninjas. And he's an Obama staffer, if you really think about it. So like General Flynn has been on the inside of this the whole time. And then I actually heard another theory. And this actually makes sense when the lady breaks it down that Obama was actually behind Trump's campaign. And it sounds fucking insane. It like it's like you if, if someone were to tell you that, you'd be like, no, I think you said that backwards or something. You know what I mean? Like, that doesn't make any sense. But when when this lady breaks this down, her name's Susan Bradford. She used to have a seat on the Council on Foreign Relations and she could be controlled opposition. But the way she breaks it down is fan. It's fucking phenomenal. Uh, what's that chick? Sydney Powell. She was also in on it the whole time. Like, you know, you got to think about these things where like whatever you think is probably like the 100 percent for sure deal. It's probably like the farthest thing from the truth, man. You know what I mean? You see, yeah, Bezos funny how just we gave... don't hear anything from her. Yeah, we no. don't hear anything from Sidney Powell. We don't hear anything from Linwood. You know, I guess they just want us to sit back and keep trusting the plan. Yeah, where the fucking Linwood go? Linwood. Was everything's happening. It's all happening, Joe. What about those audits? <laughs> How are those audits Patriots going? are in control. Yeah, the audits. Yeah, hey, they're doing great. I'll tell you from Arizona, they're 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 done. I mean, I watched the the live stream, and there was information that should have overturned the election. They lay it out right there. I mean, it no, was no credible no credible evidence, Ryan. Stop Seventy thousand votes they could prove on PowerPoint. Like yeah. Doctor oh, Shiva no. was involved. Yeah. I know you're being I'm joking. I'm joking. I know. There's so much evidence. I don't understand why we're still dealing with this fucking asshole president. Because, dude, I'll tell you why. So Karen Fan, the one that leads the whole thing, the one that was in charge of the Arizona audit elections, the day after uh, they said, like after they did that live stream, the day after that, her construction company, Fan Construction, got a fucking government state deal. They got like a multi-million dollar deal with Arizona. Because no, that's Karen... just coincidence. That's just coincidence. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Exactly, dude. So that's crazy, yeah. man. Like all these people are involved with this stuff. How come you... nothing's happening in Georgia? Nothing's happening in Philadelphia. Nothing's happening Wisconsin. in Wisconsin, Michigan, where all these states, all this bullshit was pulled. Same thing with Virginia. You, Ryan, you and me and Joe, we stayed up that night and we were watching all the all the numbers yeah. coming, if you remember. And we're saying, okay, Trump's way ahead in Virginia. Now all of a sudden it's flipped. Because well, this, the, is, this is bullshit going on. Go Total ahead, bullshit mm-hmm. going on all over this country. And, is there, you know, and Trump probably did a lot better in California than they're saying that he did, too. I don't understand. We're a year into this Biden administration. Where's all the Biden people? I, I don't see any Biden signs on anybody's lawn anymore. I don't know about you guys. But I mean, where are all the media is making him look terrible. The media is trying to out him. So he's he's on. He's on. Uh, the he's on the out for sure. He, he left Harrison. Him or, I thought. Kamala Harris well, and him are fighting too. But what were you going to say, Matt? Oh no, I, I he well 
uh, on the Biden note, he did just announce today that he will rerun in 2024. So you can look forward to that. Be alive Do you see how Kamala Harris was asked that question? And she said that they will absolutely not be running in 2024. Yeah. yeah and then Biden said they would like right yeah, after that. Are you that. kidding? He's well, going to have to like, me back up. by then. You guys heard the talk that they, they're trying to get rid of Harris, right? Well, that, yeah. That's yeah. what I was saying is that yeah. the, the two camps there are fighting big time, supposedly. And um, supposedly well, she don't January, do her job. She's a fucking idiot. Well, I so is Biden. You know what I mean? They're both. It's just like yeah. fucking two of the three stooges. But and then the third would be Pelosi, I guess. But you have like all these people saying that in January, uh, Kamala Harris is going to like kind of really start distancing herself. Um, this is uh, what the fuck's the dude's name? Posobiec. And he's probably some fucking shill. I mean, I've heard him say some things that he's ahead of a lot of news that ends up be- becoming true. But he's also is in he the turning point camp. USA. No. Is he uh, point? Well, yeah, he is. Yeah, he works with them. Yeah. But he primarily where I know him from, he has uh, people's news or some shit. And then uh, he works with uh, Steve Bannon. And Bannon is really a fucking snake in the grass when it comes to this whole thing. Um, this dude that got kicked out of the Trump administration very early on, but is his biggest fucking supporter still. Um, and like I mentioned, I mean, Ivanka and him live in Colorado in Washington, D.C., uh, Obama, that is, you know, so all well, these and Bannon, people, and Bannon got kicked out right around when Q came out. Yeah. So a lot of people thought he was Q, but I, you know, who the fuck cares who Q is? But no, no, no. I'm just saying and he's, he's oh, I know. a shady cat all around. He is very shady, dude. I mean, he's into some weird um, one of the earlier episodes that we did was uh, talking about all his like esoteric knowledge. He has some crazy, crazy knowledge, supposedly a Jesuit um, involved with Georgetown, even though it's really hard to find that like concrete evidence. There's like a lot of claims um, and he's mentioned it on his show, The War Room. Um, it's it's fascinating when you really look at I mean, all these people are fucking friends, dude. And there's no way that you can convince me otherwise of that when you see how it operates. And then when you just do a tiny bit of research on it, uh, when you're pointed in the right direction, you can find insane connections to people that you would never think, dude. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if fucking AOC and uh Who's the eye patch dude? Crenshaw are fucking blowing <laughs> each other. You know what I mean? Like they're dating and blowing each other because AOC is really a dude. You know what I mean? Well, like, it's who? like it's like wrestling, right? Because they put out these personas and these yeah. and they say what they have to say because they're playing roles, right? They're they're not people representing us. They're representing corporations or you know whatever current plan they're up to. So they get up there and they just say what they want to say. Then all of a sudden, you know, behind closed doors, you know, they're all hanging out together and making back deals and shady investments and all this stuff. So it's it's just a big show in, in D.C. Yeah it's, yeah, it's all theater. Like you said, uh, they're 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 not their own people. They're not using their own brains as is, you know, a la fucking AOC. But what you were saying about Jack Prosobic uh, being ahead of some of the news, so that kind of tips me off that I don't know whether to trust somebody like that. If if he's ahead of so much news that comes true, then I don't know whether I want to listen to him. Like we've talked before no, no. about the podcasters that are like ahead of the news, but they end up being wrong. And it's like, oh, they give us bad information. It's like, I mean, yeah, it was bad information, but at least it wasn't spot on, like prophesied by this dude. You know? yeah, what do you have, a crystal ball? Saying, 
Yeah. yeah. No, this is so what I'm saying is that the reason that I would trust what he's saying as far as like the news coming out in the future, it's because he's predicted a lot of news. I'm not saying trust his policies at all. I'm saying like he's saying that Kamala Harris is what? It says kind of like listening to Bill Gates. He always tells us what he's going to do. He's very yes. stoked about the smallpox right now. So exactly. That's why, I'm con- that. yeah. that's why I'm concerned about smallpox is because fucking Bill Gates said it. If it was, you know, whoever, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, exactly. Dude, like we're fucking Mike Adams or something. Um, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't oh care. Yeah. I mean, these people are just talking out of their asses dude because they feel the need to for some reason talk every day i mean i'm i'm considering trying to scale back from two episodes a week because i feel like sometimes i'm forcing content out and i don't want to be rambling but like dude imagine having to talk for an hour and a half every day like these dudes do they're fucking pulling shit out of their asses man and it's it's mike mike adams either has us all in concentration camps uh starving uh, we need to buy his uh, Brighton TV uh, survival. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. If so, you look back far enough, he deletes his episodes. But if you look back or if you listen to it long enough, when the pandemic started, he was freaking out. He was like, we're trying to buy face masks for you guys, but we can't we can't get them in stock because so and so has them. And he's he and that wouldn't be a problem. That wouldn't be a problem for me because I was wrong about that thing in the beginning, too. I actually thought it was a massive big deal right in the beginning, like the first couple of weeks. I was like, fuck, dude. Oh, we I think we all thought it was going to be. Well, not the liberals. The liberals were hugging Chinese people in Chinatown to prove that they weren't racist for some reason. And now they're the ones that are afraid of it. So but my yeah. point is that uh what was my point i'm high remember i told you i was talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. about <laughs> no you're just saying uh mike adams talks for so long every day and- oh no so he, the problem where that he that i have with him saying that because he, he always says he's right he's like i've been right about 99 percent of things and the only reason that i'm not on that list of the disinformation dozen is because the things that i talk about don't come happen be don't come to to fruition because i talk about them you know what I mean? Like I expose the the facts and like he said that. And it's like, dude, want to get all if you want to get all biblical about it, if we're in the last days here, the Bible also says there's going to be a lot of false prophets. So maybe he no. should read that fucking passage yeah. in the Bible that <laughs> says there's a lot of false prophets. That's a good point, and, dude. And, and, what, that, and what about X22? X22. Oh, fuck that, dude. You, you know, you want to talk about ads. He'll go in there. Oh, let's talk about survival. Oh, let's talk about preparedness. Let's you talk, talk about, about your financial ad. stability. Oh no, you got to buy my gold. <laughs> this dude's ad buy my gold. fifteen minutes for five minutes. And Nisara yeah, and Jasara all day. I mean, that train oh, yeah. had that working <laughs> out for us. Yeah. I know he's yeah. like he's like four years behind on that shit too. But no, dude, you know what's crazy is that all these damn podcasts, whether it's Mike Adams, Steve Quayle, um, Dave Hodges, one that I actually really enjoy a lot, they're sponsored by the Satellite Phone Store. They're sponsored by My Patriot Supply. They're sponsored uh-huh. by all these things where, dude, you don't think that if the government's going to fucking crash it, they're going to take out satellite phones. Yeah. It drives me fucking crazy that is that the military uses those same satellites. I'm like, eh, they're probably not the same ones, but OK. Yeah. What about the thirty three thousand satellites that Elon Musk launched? You know what I mean? Like it could be operating of off those. So, I mean, like, it's just insane to me, dude. It, it makes me so mad, but I still listen sometimes. So, you know. I listen just because I like oh, some of the the news listen of it. My, and then I go look into the news. I listen to Mike Adams to see if I'm going to the concentration camps. <laughs> <laughs> you always are. You will. 
I'll no, see you there, Ronnie. One. I'll see you there. We'll be in the same region. Yeah. Yeah, I remember we said that on the post, and somebody said, you guys shouldn't be joking about that. It's like, dude, get over it. Who said that? You know, when I said, see you in the camps, guys. <laughs> somebody Who on IG was, was busting his balls. You shouldn't joke about that. Oh, come it's on. It's like I was being serious. I'll see you in the fucking <laughs> it's camps. It's not a joke. <laughs> you paying attention to the news. <laughs> about whatever the fuck I want. Jeez. There's probably a special camp for all of us already. <laughs> They're going to put us in probably the very short camps. Day. Yeah. Welcome. You know what, yeah. man? They're yeah, doing. I don't that... know. You know what? I... They're... They're doing that stuff in just Australia. The more I see, the less I worry. Yeah. This lag is horrible. Sorry, Ron. I was just saying that the uh, they're they're trying this out in Australia. They're actually moving the people up north, um, which is interesting. Supposedly, the north area of Australia is where most of the Aboriginal uh, people live. Aborigines. I don't know how, you, how the, the. I'm sure that I offended someone by pronouncing it the wrong way. But whatever is most PC. Yeah, you're not the the racial slur is abo. I guess. Have <gasps> you heard that? Yeah. Is that bad to say? I don't know. I think it's only if you're in Australia. Yeah, we listen to an Australian podcast and they call like the New Zealand people Kiwis. And that's like not nice either. But we don't care. I think it's cool. That's harsh. Yeah, Kiwi. It sounds cool to us, but it's better than cracker. I mean, the English call everybody cunts. So, I mean, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. To each their own, whether good or bad. I'd rather be called a cunt. My point was, I think that it's only like using the N word. If you use ABO, I think it's only bad if you're in Australia. Is okay. what I understood. Go easy on the ABOs, then. Okay. Well, it, I mean, I don't mean to be offended. <laughs> we, we don't uh, want to kill that Australian fan base, Ryan. I, I know. Well, you know, I have some Australian uh, listeners, but I don't think any of them are Aborigines. But it's fine. You know, either way, I don't want to, you know, alienate anybody. <laughs> I guess probably I only bad if you're in Australia because you should know better. Just like if you use the N word in America versus being like anywhere else. Well, yeah. I heard this hilarious comparison too. Like if you're like like the N word in the United States became like quasi acceptable in some groups because of hip hop music, and that's never going to be the case with ABO in Australia because it doesn't rhyme with anything. Like that's what they're saying, and I thought it was so funny. But they just gotta go to Cabo. Fabo. <laughs> I mean, you can make it rhyme. Make shit up, just like every well, hey, rapper does. Do make o- up words. I was that's gonna say the only do. reason so many words rhyme in rap is because they just make up a word <laughs> to r- rhyme with it. They're like, oh, this is this now. It doesn't okay, have to. Venereal and cereal. Venereal <laughs> and cereal. Yeah, Venereal cereal. Yeah, brought to you by Kellogg's. <laughs> wow. Oh, unbelievable. Oh, we're getting dumb. Yeah, I think it's a good good spot to wrap. Uh, let's go around the horn, plug our, plug our shows, and get out of here. Uh, Ronnie, let's go first. Oh, me? Yeah, well, we got a good connection. Um, yeah, I don't understand. Oh, shit. And, uh, like whatever it is. Uh, I think he's doing this on purpose. He's fucking with us. For he's sure. doing this no, it's because I'm deep state. And my deep state computers are not. I'm not working. Yeah, no shit. Are you maybe, making fun of Stephen Hawking? Maybe I should Hawking? hit that up, update button. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on the Wicked Planet podcast. <laughs> do, do, do. That you guys worked. beating up on Stephen Hawkins all the time. Yeah, everybody knows. Go go on Instagram. <laughs> 
Go on Instagram and find me, Ron from New England. It's not hard. The Wicked Planet Podcast. Come take a listen. We're everywhere where the podcasts are. And Matt, thanks for having me on, even though my connection was bad tonight. Hey, always a pleasure, Ron. Joe and Jen, go ahead. Uh, Legitbat.com if you want a coffee mug, because I think that's the only thing left on our merch site. Uh, You can find us wherever podcasts are and rockfin.com. What about that new shirt? Oh, yeah, we have a new shirt out that shows the uh, the December 6th incident in cartoon format. It's Isn't pretty it Janu- funny. January 6th? It's a beautiful oh, piece. You said December 6th. You said December 6th. January 6th? The date of the, the infamous the insurrection. insurrection. Yeah. This guy it's like had, something's uh, about to happen that he knows about. That's yeah. fucked up, dude. If something happens, it's on December The guy climbing the wall with 6th. a mega hat, uh, but it's a cartoon that this guy drew. We just met him. He was redoing our friend's deck, and he drew this cartoon of a guy climbing like the wall of the White House wearing like a MAGA hat, but then he has tattooed on his... He's a tramp stamp. In his tramp stamp, yeah, is it says Antifa. It's and then he's cool. got the sickle and stuff on his hand. It's, yeah, it's great. How it's does that great, work uh, out? Is that the little kid? The little kid? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Put no, that his, was funny. Yeah. I saw that. Yeah. How does that work out? You get, a, uh, you get someone coming over to do your floor and he draws you something like that. No, no he no, had no. it drawn he already. He had it already, He and he wasn't uh, doing oh. our house. He, he was redoing our friend's deck because they were moving and they had hi- contracted him privately. I thought and he was like, we listen, talking about, <laughs> we started talking about, you know, weird shit. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I'm super into that, too. It's hard around here, California, to talk. To I was like, about. send me that shit. I'll make a shirt. He's like, OK. But anyway, he, as, he did say, don't use my name. And you totally tagged him in the post. And then I removed it. Whatever. <laughs> Nobody saw it. Uh, but then also we do have Patreon and that's for bonus and extended episodes. Anyway, just Google legit bat and you will find the, all the things and I'll toss the ball to Ryan. I, I thought that what happened there was like the, the guy comes over and he's like, look, I, I lost my, my custody of my kid and I sell paint. <laughs> As a fucking side hustle. That's been a way better story. Yeah, no, we met him in a cool way. It <laughs> and he just weird. happened to draw this crazy fucking thing. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, I appreciate this. This is always real fun. Um, I'm baked right now, and I usually not. Uh, so if I didn't I follow, not. if I didn't follow a uh, linear episode, I apologize. But you can find me at Dangerous World Podcast, uh, Patreon.com slash Dangerous World Podcast and Dangerous World Store dot com. Uh, let's go Brandon stickers available. Those are the new item. And uh, yeah, man, just having a good time. Thank you so much, Matt. These are always a blast. Always a pleasure, guys. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Thanks, Matt. What's your info? Oh, it doesn't matter. No, I'm just kidding. You, you can find me on Instagram, the Great Deception Podcast. Uh, I actually do have a YouTube channel now. You can go check it out. Look for the Great Deception Podcast and a bit shoot and Odyssey also. So I'm going to start putting some videos out over there uh can't put i've been watching the youtube yeah it's tough i got you know i'll put like the historical ones but i want to eventually put stuff like this out there you know but i don't trust any of the platforms yet oh no i've been watching the historical ones on youtube they're really good oh thanks yeah and you just made a dancing bear account too right yes yeah no i'm planning that for my next uh my next uh wedding yeah the dancing bear <laughs> yeah cool. no i'm gonna have him come just a to twist. my house it's gonna be a one-on-one show Hell yeah. oh, okay great <laughs> no oh, yeah, so thanks. thanks guys i appreciate it as always everyone have a great night stay strong and question everything what why do you
you think that is? I mean, why is that? I mean, is it just because people are, are lazy today or they're bored? I mean, are we just like bored, spoiled children who've just been lying in the bathtub all day, just playing with their plastic duck, and now they're just thinking, well, what can I do? Okay, yes, we are bored. We're all bored now. But has it ever occurred to you, Wally, that the process that creates this boredom that we see in the world now may very well be a self-perpetuating, unconscious form of brainwashing created by a world totalitarian government based on money, and that all of this is much more dangerous than one thinks? And it's not just a question of individual survival, Wally, but that somebody who's bored is asleep, and somebody who's asleep will not say no? See, I keep meeting these people. I mean, uh, just a few days ago, I met this man whom I greatly admire. He's a Swedish physicist, Gustav Bjornstrand. And he told me that he no longer watches television, he doesn't read newspapers, and he doesn't read magazines. He's completely cut them out of his life because he really does feel that we're living in some kind of Orwellian nightmare now and that everything that you hear now contributes to turning you into a robot. When I met him at Findhorn, he said to me, where are you from? And I said, New York. He said, ah, New York, yes, that's a very interesting place. Do you know a lot of New Yorkers who keep talking about the fact that they want to leave but never do? And I said, oh, yes. And he said, why do you think they don't leave? I gave him different banal theories. He said, oh, I don't think it's that way at all. He said, I think that New York is the new model for the new concentration camp, where the camp has been built by the inmates themselves, and the inmates are the guards, and they have this pride in this thing they've built. They've built their own prison, and so they exist in a state of schizophrenia, where they are both guards and prisoners, and as a result, they no longer have, having been lobotomized, the capacity to leave the prison they've made or to even see it as a prison. And then he went into his pocket and he took out a seed for a tree and he said, this is a pine tree. He put it in my hand and he said, escape before it's too late. Of course, the problem is where to go because it seems quite obvious that the whole world is going in the same direction. This is the beginning of the rest of the future now that from now on, there'll simply be all these robots walking around, feeling nothing, thinking nothing. And there'll be nobody left almost to remind them that there once was a species called a human being with feelings and thoughts and that history and memory are right now being erased and soon nobody will really remember that life existed on the planet.